Good morning. This is Gaming Perspectives with Saul and Jolene. And today we're talking about the year zero system. Yes, that's, you got it right on that one. First take. <laughs> Mutant Year Zero came out a few years ago. It was a, I think it was kickstarted by... And he said Mutant Year Zero, mutant. not Mutineer. Mutant Year Zero. Yes, yeah, sorry. It's a little early. So it came out a few years ago. I'm pretty sure it was kickstarted by a Swedish company or publisher, not a publisher, but a Swedish uh, group called Free League. Yes, uh, it was. I read that. Uh, their original name is Free Ligan, which is, I guess, Swedish for Free League. Right? <laughs> Makes sense. And they were, they really liked Year Zero. And well, yes, because they published it. Yes. But I don't think it was originally theirs. I think somebody else was publishing it and then they took over. <laughs> so that was the first. So that was, Year okay, Zero. Mutant Year Zero is the first game, and it used this me uh, mechanic uh, where you have dice pools of six side dice. And it's a pretty simple mechanic. And what's interesting about the way they put it together is if you don't accomplish something when you roll those six side dice, because you know, I guess I could tell you what the system is, you. <laughs> the number of six side dice equal to your attribute and your skill. So you add those two numbers, and that's how many six-sided dice you roll. And depending on on, this, on on the system, you either roll a five or a six, or just a six, and you succeed. The reason I say that is because other games uh, <coughs> by Free League and, uh, use the same system, but they all tweak it out a little bit different. When you go to make a dice roll for a specific skill or, or anything you want to do, you roll all those dice, the six comes up, you succeed. But let's say a six doesn't come up, so you can push the roll. And each game that they use this system calls it differently. By pushing the roll, they mean you grab all your, all the your dice and you re-roll all of them. But you add a, an extra die to it. And you add an extra die, right. And it, what happens is it gives you better chances of succeeding. But at the same time, if that one die rolls a one usually, then something bad happens, right? Yes. What they've done is they've used this same base mechanic over and over again with a little bit of like I said, tweak. They changed it up depending on what game it is. So they used it in Tales of the Loop, and they used it in Coriolis, and they've used it in Forbidden Lands, and they use it now in the new RPG, Alien RPG they're coming out with. During the whole time, I thought, man, this is a really neat mechanic. And I thought, you know, why don't they use, why don't they come out with a just a core mechanic rulebook, like let's say Fate Core, that doesn't have any any uh, setting attached to it, or and voila, or like Genesis, which is the the dice mechanic from the Fantasy Flight Star Wars games, where they use that funky dice, or Cipher System, which is the system they use in Numenera and The Strange. So I figured they they should be they should do this. In fact, I'm not the only one that was thinking about this because there's this guy out there called Matt K, and this guy is a fan. And, well, and the reason I call him a fan is because of the the whole system and Free League, I guess. Is because he runs like eight, nine different forums, groups from Facebook to MeWe, and he's the moderator, right? And all that moderating takes a lot of work. And if you and if you do it on like a whole bunch of sites, it takes a lot of time. He is a fan, obviously, so he came out with Mini Year Zero, which is about four or five pages, and one page is for character creation. One page is for this, and one page. So it's only four pages, and he put it out a few, quite a, quite a while ago. And even when he put it out, he said this is just a play placeholder until Free League puts out their own, you know, uh, I don't know what you call system. it, system, system, core system, whatever you want to call it. 
and voila, just the beginning of October, the Free League officially put out their, I wouldn't call it beta, but that's basically what it is, of their system. And it's going to be an open gaming license. And that's pretty cool because under the open gaming license, you can create something. and They that, call it a year zero engine. The year zero engine, yes. So that's the official name of that document under open gaming license you can add your own setting and use the open gaming you post what open gaming license is in your document and you give you know, what is it you give notice that you know what that this is a new, new what's it called new zero engine and you could use that legally and you, know, you could sell stuff on drive through rpg you can kick start something that has that type of uh that uses that engine that's pretty cool i think it is Yes, I agree. They're not the first system that has a dice oh, pool of, of oh. six of six sided dice, right? Because we play Shadowrun, and that's all it is—is is six sided dice, right? That's true. It's, in fact, it's kind of similar. You're right, but Shadowrun's a little bit more complicated. Very much more complicated. <laughs> you could port some sort of—I want to say Shadowrun game, but no, no. I'm just saying that you said it was a a system that had a dice pool of six-sided dice. Right. And there are other systems that use six-sided yes. dice. Oh, yeah. There's a, bunch, there's a whole bunch, yes. As, I mean, but as is the main thing. But Shadowrun, it's a lot more dice. A lot more dice, and there's a lot more number crunching. Involved. Yes. I did like we played the alien RPG yes. test thing. I really liked the idea that you could, they called it stress when you wanted to, if you needed to succeed in your role, you could add a stress die. Right. But you... There are consequences to this if you roll ones on those stress die. It right. does give you a bigger pool, but it's amazing. It doesn't matter how many six-sided dice you have. <laughs> you don't always roll sixes, and you do roll ones. I'm just saying. That's true. When they used this Mutant Year Zero system in other games like Coriolis or Tales Loop, they were all different, and they all had different skill lists, and they all had... Different attributes. Different a attributes. I think the attributes... Yeah, they all had... And so... And so what's good cool about this is that it, it makes it more generic and it streamlines everything. Every incarnation that they use this system, they they retooled it, they streamlined it, and they thought about making it even easier than the than the you know, than the previous edition. And in the alien game, what I really liked is for example the the attribute had three skills and only three skills attached to it. Are the others different? Because that's the only one I've played. Yes. So Tales from the Loop See when I when I when I, even when I ran Tales from Loop and I and I liked that game a lot. For example, one of the attributes, wits, had five or six different skills skills attached to it. Where strength or whatever it's called, I, I, it fails me right now. Only had like three. So if you used wits a lot, and that would that would help you in a lot more skills than you know. So it didn't seem quite even or or, or whatever you want to call it. But that, you know, it's still a fun game, and I really like it. But I like the way they streamlined this, and I like the way they they really thought about trying to not have so many skills and balance every attribute. So every attribute only has three skills. So you is know. that the way they did it in the years zero system? I mean, or is that it, the way that it's evolved to? Or it seems like each it, yes. game is, is going to be a little different. different. So like I said, they they've been streamlining it and they've been tinkering it with every iteration of every game that they've come out with. Now, Forbidden Lands is the last before aliens forbidden lands was the last one they did and i don't have that one and i haven't really looked at that system but they used the you know the the year zero system i'm shocked <laughs> well it's a fantasy game and i have plenty of fantasy games already and i got the free pdf on one one day so. i'm not shocked about that 
I found it very interesting, this the idea of the attribute and the skills helping it to because you kind of get to to negotiate with the GM on you want to do this and and he'll say well I think it's you should use this and this and you can say well I think my character would do it this way or right so and we there's another game John Carter on Mars was was kind of like that well that that one's even more so where you could where there's all there is attributes and so you and just, you put them together. Yeah, that was you, the first game that I played like that with that that idea. The, and that's really cool. I like that one. Yes. So this when 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 I played Alien, it was an interesting idea to me to be able to because you kind of negotiate, right? Yes, a little bit. Yeah. You don't just have to say like in D and D, you're going to use your acrobatic skill. Well, if you have a zero in your acrobatic skill, you go, "Can I use my climbing skill?" And they're like, "No." <laughs> it all depends on what you're trying to yeah. accomplish, right? So if the player wants to describe uh, a situation where where the skill doesn't quite fit, you know, you might, you know, like the D&D, right? D&D has, uh, what is it? Uh, Traits. Like athletics. Yeah. That's right. But athletic, like that. athletics can cover a lot of things. Right. So so it's very broad. So, but there's also like, is, would, would uh, let's say you were using the Mutant Year Zero and, and, and you had athletic skill in D&D. And I know it's kind of weird, but you're do, mixing what, genres. What, what, what would be the attribute that you use? Would it be dexterity or would it be strength? So it depends on what you're trying to do. Well, if, in D&D, you would pick the one with the highest number. <laughs> no, in D&D, even in D&D, you would pick one that Fit with fits, it. right? Yes. Like if you're trying to, let me see, uh, well, know, walk on a tightrope. Then you're gonna want dexterity because right. strength isn't uh, gonna do you. Yeah, strength gonna... doesn't do you. But if you're climbing, yeah, I can see why you could use dexterity or strength. But I think strength would fit be a better fit. I think dexterity would be a better fit, especially if it's like a cliff wall or something, a ladder maybe. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, well, rock climbing, I think it takes a lot of strength. <laughs> so th- that's exactly what this system does: is that it allows players and GMs to kind of negotiate what skill is going to be used when you're doing something so it's not so cut and dry and i really like that i really like the idea that players have a voice in 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 how the mechanics are going to work yes it's called narrative something the control yes sounds familiar well interestingly enough i think that i only played in the alien game but i've heard the tales of the loop story and I think that it's pretty cool that they take the same system and put it with other things. Yeah, I mean, I and think, tweak it a little bit for each game. Right. Well, I really, li- I really like every game that they've come out with, except for Bill and Lance, because I haven't really looked at it too much. But Coriolis, Mutant Year Zero, and Tales of the Loop, and even the new Alien game—they're really cool. And I, and you could see, you know, that how they, how this uh, Mutant Year Zero uh, or New Year Zero engine has evolved from when it first came out in. Mutant Year Zero, and and hence they, that's why they give it that name because that was the first game that used that system. But what I like about it too is that how they're doing it, right? So they put out document their new Year Zero engine, and they basically tell people, you know, read our document and help us build this game, make it better. So they're you know actively soliciting the community to give them feedback, and it's been super fast. I mean, I was I I think uh, when I got the document. It came with all kinds of, you know, how I forget how it works, but how you can see where people had put feedback. Comments. Yeah, comments, right, on the actual document. Mm-hmm. And so, and then, and then the, the actual people who are working on it have replied to them saying, oh, yes, uh, we'll change that. Oh, yes, I see what you're talking about. We'll change this one. A lot of it is just words, right? Because, you know, 
maybe English is a different language. They use different words, you know, depending on the way they translate, I guess. You know, when you're literally translating, and then when you're translating, there's two different Translation things. is very hard, and lots of things get lost when you're doing it. Lost in translation? Yes. <laughs> I like, that's a great movie, by the way. <laughs> I'm glad you crack yourself up. So I think that's pretty neat. I mean... I, I, I don't know. I've, I haven't. I know when you play test things, you know, you give them feedback and stuff. But this is, seems like it's like, I don't know, uh, real time feedback, right? Because people just email them the feedback and they email you back what they're thinking. Well, we live in a digital age, unlike <laughs> 50 years ago, where you would have to write a letter to tell them what you're thinking. <laughs> oh, my God. I didn't even think about that. Or a telephone call. Well, they wouldn't even do it, right? They would print it, right? They would have their own proofreaders. And then they would print it, and then like, oh, we got to put out all this errata. I remember, and I know a little bit off a tangent, but I know, for example, the Lord of the Rings game. Not the One Ring, but the one by Decipher. The one based on the Lord of the Rings movie. They had all kinds of pictures from the movie. That one was definitely rushed, right? When they, they wanted it to come out either right when the movie came out or probably before. And that book had a ton of errors. Just where they're writing, and then they don't finish. No, the, the paragraph ends. And it's supposed to continue somewhere else. And it never continued somewhere else, right? Or they made numbers that didn't match up, you know. That's why you don't rush things when you're going well, to publish yeah. them, right? But, you know, you know, you have deadlines, right? And and I think it's very important for certain people or certain companies to get, you know, they think this is a window of uh, opportunity. And in this case, you know, the Lord of the Rings yes. game was coming out. So they wanted to have that game ready for people to play. And actually, I, I actually liked that game. It was actually pretty simple. It was kind of like a, it was kind of like a, like a, a tribute plus skill. That's something that's, that, you know, but this one is. You have so then the they have to do a, a re-release of the, of this game? Well, unfortunately, that cipher went out of business. Oh. And so, <laughs> yes, but then they put out some, some interesting books and, and uh, I think uh, they also put out the Star Trek game. Cool. Yeah. Mut Year Zero Engine or New Year Zero. Year Zero Engine. Not new. No, not new. No. Year Zero Engine. Uh, it's free to download. I'm sure you can find it on the internet. I will put on the show notes about where you can find it. But I think it's pretty cool. And I think if, if you want something that easy and simple, that's what I like about the system. It's super simple. It's super easy to uh, write or, or not write, but tell other people who are going to play in your game how to play. I mean, I ran the Tales of Luke game at a convention and people were able to make their characters and ready to play in less than 30 minutes. Which is amazing, by the way, to be able to make a character and be ready to play in less than 30 minutes. Actually, it was less than that because we were really ready to roll. But I was just, you know, we, I was explaining, you know. The, so the it all takes a long time to explain things, too. <laughs> but no, but it was it was really cool because I, I've always been hesitant to, to make characters at a convention. Which you should be hesitant to make characters at a convention. <laughs> I'm just saying that a lot of people want to put their heart and soul into their character, and that takes longer than 30 minutes. Yes. So at a convention, that's not what you want to do. If you have a four- to six-hour game, you actually want to play the game, right? Yes. But luckily for me, you know, our local conventions, we can make our games. We could ask our games to be as long as we want. Eight-hour games used to be the norm. I think they're slowly cutting back. GMs are, are not asking for that long of a game anymore. They want to play maybe four to six hours. Now, if I had a four to six, a four hour game, I probably would not have. I don't think you could run a game in four hours because you let you everybody do, do oh, the way that personally. you run the game. You, 
you leave it open for the players to choose what they want to do, which way they want to go and stuff. Yeah. Okay. I'm just saying that that takes longer than the GM that's railroading you into a certain direction. You have to hit this mark at this time. It all, dep- it all depends on, on it all depends on the players, right? I think, how long did you guys play the Alien game? I have no clue. So, but was it five I hours? I don't know. You don't remember. Gee, I don't remember. Well, the, the game I ran at Pacificon, the Alien game, it was about five and a half hours. And they, you weren't even done. You didn't even do all the acts that you were supposed to do. You That's skipped true. through it. I do, or, I've always skipped the last act in that game because there wasn't enough time to to do it in one session. Yes, and it was a weird. It's a weird act. It's, it's, it's yeah. I won't spoil anything, but yeah, I I've, I have not used a third act in that game. Well, well, whatever. But the reason I like this game is because it's super simple, and like I said, uh, it's easy to to recite the rules in and be able to make a character in less than thirty minutes. And that's pretty amazing for me. And what, what I also like is that the game is... So I've been wanting something that I could port to any kind of setting that I want to run. I like Fate Core, but it's it's kind of wonky. And it's, you know, sometimes it's a little bit more... What is it? More For me, it's hard to describe... How, the way, the the way, way to works, do it, yeah. Right. And so and there's all kinds of things you... As a player and as a GM, you have to remember. You know, this all has to do with... That's uh, every game. Yeah, that's true. But this one, you know, there's just... It's a little different in the sense that, you know, you have all these aspects and you can tag all these aspects of locations to items. And if you're not used to that, then it, it doesn't happen. And so I think there's a bit of a learning curve to that game more than. So if you're going to run a game with that system, you want to have the characters made and just maybe give the player a few choices to start the game, right? That's what I have done in the past. Yeah. Yes. This one is super easy, like I said, and I like that they've streamlined the game more than when I ran Tales from the Loop. So if I would run a game in any any kind of game, I think it would be super easy to use the Year Zero engine because because they've streamlined the skills. There's less skills to look at. Like in Tales from Loop, there's like 18 skills, and here's just and even though it's only from 18 to 12, I think it's a big deal because. There's less things to consider, right? And the less things you need to consider while you're creating the character, the faster it's going to go. Right. And like I said, you know, the, the way they're doing it is pretty cool. I just like the fact that it's a simple system that you can use for any genre. So I've been looking. I, I find it interesting that you say it's a simple system. It is in a way. But like when we played Alien, when you came to the stress, which was is the component where something bad happens, right? right. It There was a chart. Yes. And that always is old school, right? That That's back to like Traveler or Space Opera or, or original D&D or AD&D, right? Where, yes. Where there's a, you roll the dice, there's a chart. It tells you what happens. Right. Which is, which was very interesting. And it's, I think it's a, it adds to it. It adds a component to the game that is missing when it's straight role playing, right? That unknown factor, right? You're, yeah, you, you got an 11. This is what happens. Well, I which think... got my character almost killed, by the way, because of that. the because I couldn't move for oh. a certain amount of time. I think the charts in there and it's really va- valuable because it tells it kind of gives you a what is it? Oh, my God. I can't think right now. It's a randomness. It's there's a random. But the higher the die roll, the worse it is. Right. right? And, and that's what you got to worry about. And I think, what's... and by that he means the this in an alien anyway. It was how many ones you rolled, or how many so when how you ma- added it up. Right, it's, it's how much stress you had. Yes. So like, if you had, if you had rolled a one on your stress die, and let's say you're rolling three stress die, you roll a six sided die, and you roll how many stress die you roll, not the how many come at once, right? But how many total you roll every time you roll. 
So in this case, or in any case, let's say you have three stress. You roll a one on one of your stress die. So you roll a stress. Uh, the, the one panic die. Roll, yeah. And it's a six die die and you add three to the result. Now in the game, in the alien game, it things don't start going bad for you until you roll a seven. So if you have one stress, the chance of you, you know, doing, having something bad happen on the on the panic roll is But like when one you get up six. to five stress. Well, when you get up to five stress, you're adding five. You're almost assured that you're going to get a panic roll and you're, something bad is going to happen. Even then, though, you're rolling five stress that you roll a one. That's only a six. You're safe. <laughs> <laughs> Which is super. Well, it really does. Uh, we talked about it in the alien game, but it really ratchets up the tension. Not and, only that, and but that's exactly it's called stress for the alien game. It is stressful because there's aliens and you know they're there, right? Or you well, maybe imagine they're there because it's a horror game, right? <laughs> it's, it's called alien, it's right? called alien, then yeah. But what I like, like I said, I really like that system, I really like that panic, not the, the panic, what do they call it? Stress that stress level. I think it's super easy to uh, to implement. And, you know, after a while, I might not even look at that chart anymore, right? The chart is kind of like there. Well, you didn't have to because once once everybody hit the certain numbers, everybody knew what the thing was and they told you, right? Right. And or, you know, I could change it up, though. I go, yeah. well, you know, I'm going to use chart B and there is no chart B, but I can make one up. In fact, you know, uh, you can Morgan, make up your own chart. Morgan, you know, he talked about player on player stress, right? Mm -hmm. And how it doesn't make sense when player does something to another player and causes stress. Well, why would he uh, run in panic from a monster or whatever? So I've developed my own table for PC on PC stress or character, not monster stress. So m most likely in other games other than Alien, that may not be an uh, issue. But in Alien, player on player stress is going to happen because you don't know what people's what people are doing and why. Right. Everybody has their own agenda and you're not sure. And there's a company man that is a, a dad agenda that you may or may not trust. <laughs> I'm just going to say don't trust him right now. <laughs> My next company man is not going to be is going to be totally trustworthy. And if something bad happens to you. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Like I said, I really like this. Where the, well, I like it. I like the system already. I like how they're going about it. You know, trying to come up with a, a way of making the game better by presenting it to people and having people give like feedback right away and you know and i'm sure other companies have done it you know by playtesting and stuff but this is like you know wow and it, you know and you just you just put a comment on their pdf and send it to them and and the guy replies really quick i'm surprised so my question is in um, mutant year zero is it the same kind of mechanic with um mutations yes that's what it is it's mutations and you, you have a mutation that's good like you know you can I, the only one I remember is that you are, uh, uh, you can eat anything, right? To to uh, get energy, you can eat trash or whatever. Just that's quite disgusting. Not not trash, but you you don't you don't you can eat stuff that's not you no know, food. Food, right? You know, like you know, rocks or whatever. So you know that's a pretty cool mutation because it's really hard to not you know because it's a, a post-apocalyptic uh, situation. So you know, survival and eating is very. Do they also have bad mutations? Yes. So if you roll high or you get right, extra. If you, basically they have a push mechanic, and the more I forget what they call it in mutant year zero, but at one point if you roll the bad dice, then again that's mutant year, mutant zero. year zero. What did I say? It sounds like you say mutant mutineer because you run it together. Ah, uh, mutant 
year zero. Thank yes, you. I must enunciate. In that game, when you roll, I forget what it is, but if you roll a bad die, then you have a chance to get a bad mutation spontaneously erupt kind of thing, which is not good. I don't think I would enjoy playing that game, but only because it post-apocalyptic mutations, don't, I, it's not my thing. I understand. It's not for everybody. A Coriolis, I played with uh, the boys on online. And it was a lot of fun. It was really neat. Thing. And I heard him playing it, and he was having a blast running it. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, it, it even has cards that have the have things. Does I heard that Mutant Year Zero also has cards? Yes, they also have cards. They're not necessary. They use the cards for instead of rolling dice, you could turn over a card. It's a different mechanic yeah. than and they also dice. have you know different things on the cards. Coriolis has. A nice little deck of cards. I guess it's standard deck of cards, standard size. Yeah. In fact, I'm looking at them right now. And what they have is on them is a is like a kind of like a regular deck of cards, not a regular deck of cards, but a deck of cards that has numbers. And they use the they call it the D66, right? So in Mutant Year Zero, in all the games, they have a uh, the, like the critical hit or the critical damage tables. Like in uh, Coriolis, is a critical damage table. So you roll the D. 66 they call it right so you roll a six-sided die that hands and the six-sided die that's the ones and that gives you a number between one and 66 and then you consult a table and it has different effects that is so like space opera when you're rolling to see where you hit the person and there's a chart <laughs> yeah. and it's a, a percentile thing yes <laughs> it's so crunchy and yet so wonderful well, well I, I mean the, for from space opera is crunchy this yes, one is not doesn't not seem country. so crunchy well i guess the reason i go why don't they just use percentile dice well they're trying to stay away you could just play with six side dice right. i guess i know i just thought of it right now i go man that seems like a weird would just use percentile dice but in this <laughs> case you know if you're stuck with a system that not stuck with you have this idea of a, of a role-playing game where you only use six side dice then the D sixty six makes sense. So in this game, they have they have cards from one to sixty six, and then you just draw it. And also they have you know. So yeah, you randomly draw it, right. and, and that's an interesting mechanic. I played in a game yes, that, like it and I didn't, I <laughs> did not enjoy it. It's not the same for me to not be able to roll dice. And it's funny because you would think that that would be exactly the same because you're rolling the dice and looking at a chart for this, and yes. you have cards for it. Right. So I can see how that kind of is a little bit different than using the cards as the dice in well, for for everything that you're doing right. in the game, right? Well, that game we were playing was called Through the Breach. Mm -hmm. Remember, we we said that he didn't have a deck of cards for everybody, mm -hmm. which is what was needed. And so, in that game, what happens is everybody has like a little dice, uh, not dice, has a little deck. And what happens is you know what's in your deck. After a while, you know. Let's say that's ten cards that you have. You know, even Saul can count those cards. Well, yeah, you know, it could be a random set of cards, but you know, you have, oh, I have two queens, I have a jack, I have two tens, two threes, and a one, right? And all this other stuff. So, whatever. And so, you know what's in your deck. And what happens is, as you, as you, you know, the first time you're in combat or whatever, you draw the first card. And so now you know what's left in your deck after a while, after you get really comfortable with your game or knowledge, you know, you get. Which to, was the same way when we were playing with one deck. Yes. But but every good person would have their own yes, little I, deck. I understand. And so you would know what's in that deck. So as you draw cards, you know the the your is, chances your of chances, what is right? going to come up. Right. Yes. So it's not completely random in a sense. It's you know, and I think that's interesting. But people love their dice is the problem, right? And so I have not seen too many people 
uh, ad conventions run that that system. But the cards for Coriolis and uh, and Mutant Year Zero are interesting in the fact that it gives you a different mutation or a random mutation. Yes, and and it is when you're just picking a card from a deck is different than because you could pick any card, right? You don't have to pick the top card. Well, I guess I don't. I don't usually, you pick if you're the top if you're card. gonna roll a, a percentage dice uh, well, or I mean, a two well, six sided dice, it, right? And then you yeah, you'll flip the top card. Well, I guess you could fan it and yeah. Say, well, we'll pick a card. Pick a card, which would be interesting online. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I'm no, I don't want that card. I'm glad you card. couldn't do it. You just flip over I the understand. top card. In fact, you know, many roll twenty has a card deck that mm-hmm. you can you know put in the, on your screen, and you can have. And you can make the deck as big or as small as you want. From there, you go. You know, and so uh, I think uh, I forget what game we were playing, but it used cards for initiative. Oh, Deadlands, of course, that uses cards for initiative. Yes, that's a little bit far off uh, from Year Zero, but I really like New Year Zero. Zero. I it's really... not really because you're talking about the mechanics yes. of the game, so you're not far off. I'm you're not just. Far off. But I really like the system. I, I really like the way they're doing it, and I what I like about it is it's, it's like I said, it's super system. It seems to be super simple, and it's easy to convey what the rules are. You know, when I ran both Alien games, it was like, this is what this character sheet does, this is what it looks like, and this is how you do stuff. And people were like, oh, okay. Well, also, for Alien, the game, is a little bit easier to explain how, even if you're explaining the system, people already know the genre, right? And in fact, in the game, the, the game that I played in, a couple of them had watched the movie recently, <laughs> right before, we because they knew they were going to play the game, right? right? So they were into that. That's like a, a genre game, right? Because yeah. it's like playing Star Trek and watching episodes right before you play it. So you have, you're immersed in it, right? Right, right. And you, yeah, you have a, a, a frame of reference that just so that's just a little watched. bit different than playing. Well, I guess Mutant Year Zero would be the same because you know it's a post-apocalyptic game, right. and everybody has either played Gamma World or has an idea of what a po- post-apocalyptic setting is. And it says Mutant Year Zero, so yes. you know it's the Mutant Zero. <laughs> Coriolis might be a little bit harder to explain because you have to explain what the what the world is, right? The Correct. world, the the yes. whole system. It's like it's kind of like when we play Black Void. Yes. Because. It was a whole new system that you had to take a little bit of time to explain to the players. Both the system and the setting, right? Unlike, I, could, I couldn't say, yeah. oh, just, oh, you know, like, uh, have you watched this movie called The Black Void? Oh, no, but yeah. when you play Alien, right. it's there's easier. No, there's no explanation. It, so that's a setting. different, that gives it a different aspect. I agree. So, but it, I think the system is pretty cool. I like the idea of having the attributes and skills and things attached to each other so you can negotiate. I like the idea of the dual stress or, or the push mechanic, as you say, the idea of, of adding in things. And then the charts just kind of give it that old school kind of uh, crunchy feeling. And yet it's not that crunchy, right? Because it's just, it's, it's pretty easy and bringing charts back into games or cards or whatever is an interesting idea to enhance the role playing aspect because it's a randomness that even in the, even in fifth edition and stuff, you don't see as much as in the old, old days where the, those OCR people would be saying, OSR, OSR, sorry, saying that, um, you know, 
you got to go back to the old ways because it's it's more fun that way randomness and stuff ah yes and even um because i I read some preparing for different games i've read some of the the things the old kind of ways that you do stuff where you roll for the encounters to see what you're gonna (laughs) run into and stuff (laughs) and i'm like going okay i'm not doing that because that would just be too weird right right (laughs) but this brings kind of back some of those mechanics those oh, the, ideas the, the, the random encounters yeah, you're talking random about? Encounters I, we and... talked about that how would that work back then i don't remember see my i don't think my brother did that i think if he rolled a random encounter it'd be not so random because he would roll it before the game and so he would have the monster there ready that's what I. That's, that's exactly what, what I thought because if you do the ro- random encounter in the game r- to to see what yes. you're gonna run run Unless into, you know the how do you know what you would have to find the monster thing? Oh, excuse me, I gotta look up this monster and in this book, yes, and and you maybe. don't want to do that because no. it breaks up the game. Right, but maybe it didn't make it didn't break up the game back then because it was like less role playing and more roll the dice playing. Yes, <laughs> Year Zero Engine. Uh, it's a free PDF. Uh, check it out. I'm uh, gonna incorporate probably using it in a different game, different setting, just because I like the way this uh, system works. And it's like I said, and I plan to run it at a con. I think this game system is perfect to run at gaming conventions because, like I said, it's easy to convey the rules in literally ten minutes, and you can make the character in twenty. And if you can make a character in a half hour or less. Uh, I think it's perfect for a game con. And I was pretty iffy about doing that because I'm definitely a person who likes a GM who likes pre-generated characters to get the ball rolling. But I decided to take a chance with this one. And it worked. It worked this time. (laughs) So there you go. If you um, are interested in any of the Year Zero system games, which are very interesting, you should go out and and find this and play one of them. So this is Gaming Perspectives with Saul and Jolene. And you have a good day. Thank you.